So hello and welcome to the Christina Talks podcast. Now, I have talked about the topic of investing and that sort of stuff before. And I've been really honest about the fact that I really know nothing about it. I just play around and I have exactly the wrong attitude you should have when it comes to investing. So I was having a chat with someone, had a few conversations with someone and I decided, let why, like, instead of just me having my little private conversations, let's bring Ben Knight from the Trade Tribe onto the podcast and you can all listen to it as well whilst he educates me. So Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to be here. Excellent. You say that now. You say that now. Um, we've just done like a, you know, like you jump on the call, you say hi, you exchange pleasantries and all that kind of thing before we officially started recording. And I did explain, I'm like, I'm on a slightly different planet today. So, um, yeah, this conversation will, you know, Ben, you've been warned, this conversation could go anywhere. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's do it. <laughs> so, like, when we think about trading and that sort of stuff, it's, well, it's not the sexiest subject, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair point. But I think you've had quite a sort of a, a journey through it from where you started trading yourself to where you are now. So t- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I'll be honest, when I first got into trading, which was straight out of university, I was very much probably swept away with the idea, let's say, you know, sort of sold the dream, probably sold it to myself that, you know, sitting at home, a couple of hours on the computer all day, living the life on the beach. That was kind of my what got me into it, let's say. But that quickly became apparent that that's not really the reality of it, as you can imagine. Um, Fortunately, though, I did really enjoy it, what I was doing. So that actually became my full-time career for the first few years out of uni. Um, But to be honest with you, and you'll appreciate this, I hated it. I I really hated that career because it's you in front of your screen all day, just watching little lines go up and down, which is not anyone's idea of fun, I don't think. I'm truly but that is exactly how I imagine it. Do you know, like literally like you just sat there with a, I don't know, a McDonald's milkshake to your left and empty burger wrappers to your right, just watching like plus 0.00034 and like just waiting for that second to hit a button. You're not wrong, right? And that was my reality for an extended period of time. And I just wasn't happy with it. Like, yeah, the financial side is is kind of cool, but you'd appreciate this, that there's a limit to how much you can take of that, where it's just making you miserable, right? So I was like, hmm, there's got to be a better way to do this. Which is when I started sort of mixing with a few different strategies, different ideas, getting a lot more mentors. Um, I have to say, I invested a lot in my education back then, um, just to get some other perspectives on it, because I was like, what I'm doing must not be the only way. So when I started developing my own strategy, and my I had like three... let's call them criteria for this strategy i thought it's got to be something that does not take me a lot of time right because i as i said hours in front of the screen every day was not my idea of fun it had to be simple because i'm not a fan of complexity um i think there's a lot of jargon out there as most people who's ever jumped into trading would know there's a lot of people talking a lot of nonsense in reality you don't really need it um so that was the second thing and the third thing was i actually wanted to do it with other people as well because it's a very lonely career As I said, it's you and your screen, no one else. There's no bouncing ideas off people. There's no back and forth, no conversations over the water cooler, that sort of thing. So I was like, I need to get other people involved in this because I'm quite a people person. I I feed off of other people's energy. So that was like my three criteria to to making my own strategy. 
And from there, I, I was, it was literally a case of trial and error for a long time. Um, it really was. And where I've landed, or where I did land after a number of years, was the strategy I'm still using now. Um, it takes less than five minutes a day. I mean, it is very simple, straightforward, and I do it with a community of people. So I sort of hit all my criteria for that. Amazing. Amazing. So how long has the Trade Tribe been going? The Trade Tribe has just crossed its second birthday now. So, yeah, two years. It's crazy because, like, when I think when we first met, which is less than a year ago, I think, it must, yeah, it must be less than a year ago. It was, it was a kind of a fledged, it was like you, you're jumping on lives like pretty much like every day, you and your flip chart and like giving like little lessons and that kind of stuff. And, um, I mean, you're, you, like you must be into six figures now in the business and like you, you know could just grown massively just in the time that I've known you yeah I mean I, I would funnily enough probably and I'm not going to just accredit this to you but <laughs> since I've known you it's increased a hell of a lot right to be honest like beforehand for the first year or so probably a year and a half it was very much a you know no structure, just putting out fires all over the place. Like, oh, that person needs help. I go and help them. Oh, that person needs help. I go and help them. Because that's why I was doing it, right? I really like feed off of helping other people. So that's great for your sort of self esteem and everything, but you'll get it. Like, a business doesn't grow like that, right? And I was like, I'm not really serving these people as well as I could if I'm just putting out fires all over the place. I need to get my sort of shit together, so to speak. Um, which is, yeah. You and I were part of the same um, sort of business networks and masterminds and stuff. And I feel like the structure learning from other people like yourself was invaluable to me. Um, and it was mad because I was doing that sort of structure with my trading and investing, but I wasn't translating that to my business. Now I do it in both. Funnily enough, it's, uh, it's grown quite considerably. The people that you're attracting, I think this is something that also surprised me because you, when I think about, trading day trading again like it's like anything else right and i'm a marketer let's face it our job is to judge who's gonna buy that product or not buy that product and that kind of thing like it's all about building personas and that that kind of thing um but the people that i've spoken to that have engaged with your services it's like you've got such a mix of clients haven't you <laughs> i do that is very true which, which keeps it interesting, I must say. I like that a lot. Um, and I think the reason for that, which I would assume is the reason, is because it's not about the trading as such. It's sort of the outcome. So I don't do the day trading, like you've just mentioned, because that's the stuff that everybody jumps into. Everybody realizes it's a lot harder than they expected, and everybody fails. That's not what I'm into. I wanted something, as I said, simple. doesn't take a lot of time, right? So... I teach much more of a, I call it medium-term investing. I don't know if that's the official term or what people would call it, but it's definitely not the day trading. But equally, it's not the Warren Buffett buy and hold, okay? The, the reason for that or, like, the outcome of that is other people are like, oh, I could do that. I've, I've got some money sitting there that I'd love to invest. I haven't got the time to be doing it for hours a day, but you know what? I could put five minutes in to, to sort of uh, grow my money. So that causes it to, that engulfs a lot of people, a lot of different people from different backgrounds, different um, careers, everything, which is probably the point you were trying to uh, highlight there. There's such a vast amount of people, which is great. Yeah, and, and I think it's, you, don't you don't actually have to be 
Like you, okay, what am I trying to say? So the stuff that I do, right, I, I got introduced to an app okay, it's called Free Trade. I, um, you know, rather than putting money on the horses, like, you know, lockdown, it wasn't freaking happening anyway. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick it in here and I'll buy a few shares and I'll see what happens. And um, I actually, in using, in using this app, you get given, I don't know, you introduce someone, you get a free share, that kind of stuff. And I was, I was given a, um, a GameStop share, right? Yeah, yeah. So given this GameStop share, at the, at the time it was like next to nothing. Um, and I'm trying to think like how to tell this without like boring everyone with, the, with what happened to GameStop now, because I did talk about it on another episode. But like basically all this shit goes on that I don't even really freaking understand. And oh, I'm sweating. I'm being I'm not being as careful with my language today as I normally am, am I? Um notes to self. Um but you basically, I like log in one day and it's like the, the my balance because of the value of the shares and everything is like 10x what I've put in there. And I'm like going, oh, my God, like what's happened? What's happened? And I guess that's the point where I really got intrigued. Up until then, it was a I'm looking at these shares going, how the hell do you know what to buy, what not to buy? Um, and it's all just a gamble. And I very much took that mindset of I could, you know, put a few bets on the Grand National or, you know, whatever on Boxing Day when I'm sat there with my dad, or I can stick it in this app instead. Like, if I put it on the horse, I'm going to lose it. It's like when I, you know, when I placed that bet, I lost the money already. So my mentality around it was this is money I'm never going to see again, which I know is not necessarily the right mindset to have when it comes to trading like obviously this is audio people can't see like ben's face right now is just in absolute despair no i i completely understand why you have that and as you can imagine working with loads of different people you're not alone with that mindset right that's a <laughs> so one of my big challenges is sort of getting that out of people and convincing them that this isn't gambling if you have a strategy Right, a proven strategy as well. So, like you said, with the, the horses and stuff, people, oh, I have a feeling this guy's going to do well or this horse is looking good. I've got to detach people from that thinking with trading because, well, if you're like, oh, I like that company, I love, you know, I love, I don't know, iPhones, so I'm going to buy Apple. But that's not that's not a good reason to buy a company, right? Um, so I'm very much, as we touched on earlier about the simplicity side. So what I've done for selecting companies is built a, like a criteria, essentially, like. Does it meet this, 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 and this? If so, cool, that's a good one. What that does is remove all of that emotion, all the feelings, which is the biggest hindrance to investing, um, and just leaves it all on logic, all right? But it is interesting you've said that, that that was sort of the uh, <laughs> sort of the take you had on it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's like right now when everyone's talking, let's say everyone, you know, you, you turn on the TV or, you know, BBC News, and it's like interest rates this, a recession coming that, and... You know, it, it it's a, you know, I go into free trade now and the numbers are not looking so hot, right? And we're not talking about tens of thousands of pounds. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm not panicking over it. But then I'm thinking, actually, if there were, you know, another two or three zeros at the end of that, I can understand where people would, like, even if they got a really good money mindset, they would still be crapping their pants. A hundred percent. So 
when I just mentioned about the strategy, one, obviously a big part is what to buy, when to buy, that sort of stuff. But the other end is what people, for some reason, seem to just forget all logic and just go with emotions, which is when do you get out? When do you sell? Um, so every strategy needs to have that side of it too. Like there should be no doubt in your mind when you're going to exit or at least you know your target goal for it. So with your GameStop, for example, if you'd have gone into it with an idea of I want you know 7x what I started with, Obviously, you wouldn't have because that was just a freak of nature sort of situation. But if you'd known you've hit that and then you lock that in once it's there, you know, worst case scenario, I'm going to get out of 7x. I don't think you'd uh, sleep very badly that night, you know. Um, but yeah, that that is it as well. So <laughs> there, I can appreciate your uh, your decisions there. I tell you the other thing as well. So um, I've got I've got some shares in Tesla. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And, um, you know, there's time, like, especially like the last few months. So I probably pay more attention to the share price of social media platforms than anything else. And I remember we had a conversation, didn't we, um, about this. I think it was like face. No, it was about the Twitter stuff. And I was like, it's like I'm literally fighting myself not to buy. Like at that point, the Twitter shares had just crashed. The the buyout was still on the table, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, it's, I'm really, 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 I'm messaging you instead of buying these shares right now because it's just that. And I think your voice note back to me was just his, like, it was just you laughing, basically. That's all. It, well, there were no words. It was just you laughing. Um. But it's funny, sometimes you, you've got something and I, and you're like, right, okay, I could do with freeing up a bit of cash or whatever. Like, well, maybe I'm so nervous to sell because actually it's something that has been performing well. And you're like, what if I get out too soon? And it, it's, there's a real, like, there's so much psychology behind this, like that, it's almost like a FOMO. I get, if I, I get out now, I might not get that extra £2.55. <laughs> that's so true so FOMO great word by the way is exactly like the worst thing that you can possibly have with anything to do with money right whether it's like buying the latest trainers latest car or whether it's investing or you know in property or whatever it may be having that FOMO is going to make you irrational right when emotions are high intelligence is low you probably heard that. yeah so <laughs> completely get it um but yeah it always for me I know I probably sound like a broken record but it always comes back to a strategy that you shouldn't be making those decisions. It shouldn't be like, oh, what do I feel like today? Oh, should I wait? It should just be black or white. Like, oh, my strategy says that, so I'm doing that. That, implementing that in my own investing, changed the game. Like, really did. Because as a beginner, you can imagine, it's very much gung-ho, like, hey, oh, this looks good. Oh, I'll better hold on to this. That could grow. Yeah, great. It might do. But for some reason whatever Murphy's law or whatever, it tends to work against you a lot more than it works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that you're having to do a lot of work with people that, that you know, with a lot of your clients around the mindset piece of it? Yeah, absolutely. But I found a good way to address it because I feel like if you just say to someone, oh, don't have any emotions, it kind of doesn't mean anything, right? And people can't help that. So what I do, I, I sort of don't mention it, obviously, but everything I teach is very much see what that says or just follow that or if that's that or that that that's the decision you make so subconsciously they're like oh i better follow the process but without thinking oh i better not think about you know what i mean because i feel like people have some sort of because they have such an a, a attachment to money and like their money mindsets influenced by a lot of years of whatever it may be anytime you sort of mention money or try to control someone with money there's the, re the resistance to it right so if you 
sort of take that away and don't try and throw anything that they can resist to. And just like, oh, just follow what that says. Or, oh, whatever that number is, you do that. That's a lot easier for people to digest, I find. Cool. Okay. So you've probably had people come to you that like they want to do it, but they like, it's like they give you every reason not to. It's like they really like, you know, I know I should be doing so much more than I am. And I guess it, it comes it comes down to risk factors, probably from my perspective. But like, but what are the reasons that people don't do it when they should? Whether they're like, you know, lying to themselves, maybe excuses. Yeah. So top three are definitely time, risk, and belief that they they are actually smart enough to do it. So time is obviously the biggest thing. And that's the one I actually focus on the most because I say less than five minutes a day because it does. Like if you're not, if you cut out all the rubbish, all the fluff, all the jargon, there's not actually that much to do, right? So it does, you can make it take less than five minutes a day. So that's quite an easy one to deal with. That once someone sees the strategy or how it works, they're like, oh, you know what? I, I do have five minutes a day, actually. I could do that after, you know, my breakfast or during my lunch break or whatever it may be. Standing in line at Starbucks, whatever. So that, that side's quite easy. The risk side, I find that the risk is one of the biggest reasons because there's so many horror stories out there, right? There's so many, oh, this person lost millions on this. or that. Maybe they did, but doesn't mean you're going to follow that sort of whatever mistake they made. And they obviously made a mistake, most likely got emotions involved. But the other reason that risk is high for a lot of people is because they start off with a really complicated methods of trading. So you touched on it earlier, day trading. So many people start with Forex or whatever and start with spread betting and day trading in some sort of essence. That's a really advanced strategy. Like That's a really hard way to trade. It's like starting, you know, kicking a football for the first time and then next week expecting to play in the Premier League. It just doesn't make sense. But because people are a bit uninformed or whatever the reason they're not told about anything else they think oh that's the only option so they dive in at the deep end lose money instantly because yeah that's really difficult to do and then they think oh well uh, <laughs> this is too risky for me or oh my friend did that and they lost money so that's too risky that seems to be a massive massive thing um that i deal with quite a lot which i find quite interesting um but that's kind of a lack of information out there i think about what's really available um i don't know if you've sort of experienced that yourself about the harder types of trade and the more advanced stuff yeah I think for me it was a real like I just didn't know where to start there were so many options and it was it was just really overwhelming so like I said when I was then introduced to this little app that was you know I you know it, it's it is so simple it's actually like I said it's it's easier than using like William Hill or whatever it was you know Ladbrooks it's like it's so straightforward um, you know, it might not be the best tool. Um, I've no idea. Never really looked into anything else either. And I think this is the other thing as well. It's like, so I'm saying that. So I've got, I use eToro for a bit of crypto stuff. But again, um, yeah, I don't really understand that either. I was like, it's, you know, Wait, and you know you're already late into it. You're going to be even later. So I, you know, over, I was thinking of WhatsApp group at the time. This is before we knew each other, and I was like, "What's everyone using?" Lots of people said Etoro. Opened an account, bung some cash in there, um, and then that just sits, you know, reducing in value at the moment. But 
But it is like stuff like that is a long-term play. So, you know, if I look at it, it makes me cry. So I just don't look at it. <laughs> That's a smart move. That's a good strategy, though. <laughs> no, but it is interesting you're saying that. And to be honest, maybe people who haven't tried any of this before, someone listening might think, oh, I've heard of that platform or whatever. In reality, the platform you're using makes zero difference, right? It's actually what you're doing on that platform. Um, think of it like, I always think of platforms or brokers, as they're called, as shops. Like you go into a shop and you're looking to buy something, right? So it doesn't really matter which shop you go into. As long as they stock what you're wanting, you know, who cares, right? The strategy behind it of what you're actually doing there is the thing that's going to make you a success or a failure. Really, eToro, free trade, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, as a lot of people use, like anything like that doesn't really matter. Obviously, there's differences between them, but in reality, whatever you pick to buy is going to be the difference. That makes sense? Yeah. So what do you recommend, like in terms of all these tools and systems, like what what is it? Or, or do we have to do the masterclass to know that? <laughs> I mean, of course, that will help. <laughs> no, I'm obviously open to sharing all these. I mean, there's a thousand platforms out there. So when it comes to stocks, you're looking at, they're called brokers, like online brokerage. If it's cryptos, it'll be exchanges, right? But either way, there's thousands out there. My criteria for these, as you probably can imagine, is they are simple, but there's some ridiculously complicated ones out there, which you don't need at the beginner level for sure. Um, simple and cheap. So what people don't realize is there's the costs that are associated with some trading is like you pay commission per trade. Um, there's platforms out there that charge you to put money in and take money out. I would avoid them at all costs. Like I hate things like that. Like, why, why do I have to pay to put money on your platform and then to get it back? Right. So if anything tries to charge you any withdrawal fees, red flag, run away. Okay. But um, the actual commission, that's kind of unavoidable. But I'd go for the ones that are a lot lower, obviously. Like Hargreaves Lansdowne is probably the most prestigious broker in the UK. But they also charge a hell of a lot of money to, to use them, like ridiculous amounts. And what that means is even just buying and selling, you're already at a massive loss that you have to make up just to break even again, which makes no sense. So I'm looking for ones that cost like, you know, 50p a trade. Yeah, that makes a lot more rather than £12.50 a trade. Yeah, like massive difference. So one that I use, um, am I right to say certain ones on here? Is yeah, cool? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I say to people, well, one of my use is called Digiro. So D-E-G-I-R-O. Um, super, as I say, straightforward, simple, no frills. Um, the the uh, commission's between 42 to 52p a trade. I can stomach that. You know, that's <laughs> that's dealable with. Um, so yeah, I use that. I like it. There's plenty of others that do the same thing. Um, it's definitely nothing special, but you can buy and sell on there and it's cheap. Like what more do you want really? I think think this is the thing, isn't it? It's it's taking something that is like I said, just so complex and just bringing it down. I think one of the um one of the things I've learned as well is that so I feel like I chuck some money in and then I just started searching. And I was like, you know, you've kind of said earlier, oh, you know, you like iPhones, so you buy Apple, you know, and it's like, I think there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of, um, you know, like in lockdown, Weatherspoons had not not treated their their staff particularly well and were under a bit of fire there. So their shares were really crap. So I was like, I'll have some of them. Because there's always someone that wants a beer at like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's it's like you know long long and and I think this is the thing it's like you're not you can't this isn't something you can look at short term you've got to think longer term 
So like, how do, how do you think the world's going to go? What are the predictions going to be? But coming back to my point, it's a, um, I spent a lot of small amounts. So I, I bought quite a, I, I don't know, probably like 15, 20 different things. Because it's like in my head, it's like spreading the risk. Whereas now it's like some of them, I'm like waiting for them to get to a certain point so I can just sell it and get the money back. And I say other others, I'm like, probably like probably should have sold already. And then the FOMO kicks it. So like when you're first starting, is it like, did I do the right thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Was it like, is that what people do and they shouldn't? I would say personally, my personal preference, and what you said there about I got into loads of different things to spread the risk. This might be a matter of opinion, but I would personally take the side of that's probably exposing yourself to more risk. Purely because, like I said, you're kind of chasing the trades, right? You're thinking, oh, what else can I get into? What else? Rather than, this is my criteria. Oh, this fits in my criteria. This has shown up in my criteria, so I'll go for that. It's kind of the opposite way around. That makes sense. Like, oh, I thought of this company. Do they? Oh, they look all right. Yeah, uh, you know, that sort of thing. That's the wrong way to do it. The other way should be, here's my criteria. What fits it? Oh, this does great. That's cool. So that is the way I would personally say is a much better way to do it. In terms of spreading your risk a lot more, you're kind of going without having that criteria. You're kind of picking up risky positions, but loads of them. So, you know, <laughs> they all have to do well for you to do well, if that makes sense. We're unlikely to, right? If you've just sort of picked them, sort of cherry picked them out of the hat. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. I don't know what your, if that kind of makes sense to you. Yeah, or yeah, no, it does. It does. I said, I just got so excited. And the thing is, once I bought something, I was like, oh. I own a bit of Apple now. What can I? Ooh, Tesla. So like every time I see a Tesla now, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, I got um, my one pound fifty three dividend last month. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. It's like it's literally in those first those first few months, probably first six months. Um, it was like I'd be getting the notice. Oh, you've had a dividend, and it was like you know two pence here and. You know, and, and it's like, it, it's it's crazy. But I can also see how it's quite addictive. Yes, absolutely. Now, you, you touched on it at the beginning of this as well, when you're like seeing the numbers go up, like a plus 0. 0.001. Even those small increments, it shoots like endorphins into your brain, right? At this, like, oh, that's exciting. Even though it means nothing in your life. Like, it's made everything, you know? It's like, be like, oh, I'm doing well today. It's a good day. Um, <laughs> so that that's normal, all right? Don't worry about that. However, what I would say, and this is what I say to all my clients, I get them to start on a demo account. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what a demo account is, it's basically a copy of a real account, just virtual money, right? So there's absolutely no risk to you. You're playing with, I don't say playing, that's a terrible word. Um, you're practicing with virtual money that's not yours, right? The benefit of that is you can practice this strategy or whatever your strategy is over and over again. If you make a mistake, it doesn't matter in the overall scheme of things but you'll also get rid of those mistakes quickly because you're going to learn from them. Now, what I'm suspecting you did, and a lot, a lot of people do, start with real money. Am I correct mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if, because if uh, you've got the option of a demo account, and I was like, yeah, but what if I get it right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody has that, right? And it's like, oh, I don't want to waste my time on a demo account when I could be making money. Yeah, but the, vice, the, the opposite is true as well. Right? I, I could be losing a lot of real money too. And the other thing, is 
and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, when money's involved in a decision, the emotions just skyrocket, right? You don't, you're not rational as you would be if it was just, you know, do I want chicken or beef for dinner, right? It's not the same as, should I put money into this or this? You're like, oh, there's so much stress. Even if it's not a lot of money, for some reason it sort of takes a lot of people. So that's why I say start with virtual, like the demo account. Most brokers you look at will have those options. Um, not all, but you can find a demo account. It doesn't really matter which one you use. Um, practice, practice, practice. But you have to, have to, have to treat it like real money. Because the worst thing to do is, oh, it's only virtual. Who cares what happens? I'll just buy this. Isn't it? Then there's not practice at all, right? You're practicing to gamble, essentially. Practicing bad habits. So, yeah, I get everyone to start with a demo account. Even if they've got money ready to go, they're like, no, I'm keen. Just do a couple of weeks on the demo. Like, that's not going to change your life, a couple of weeks, right? Um, because everybody makes mistakes at the beginning, of course. Like we're human, right? So I get them starting a demo account. Make sure they treat it as real money. And then when you go on to real money, the, the fear is a lot less. Because you're like, oh, I've done this 10 times in the last couple of weeks. So I know I pressed that button and that button. It doesn't get rid of the fear. I am. I will be honest. It definitely reduces it a bit. So have there been times where you, like, you've had that fear yourself? Absolutely. I'll be lying if I said, um, even now. Tell us a story. Yeah. Tell us a story. <laughs> so I've, I would say, in general, I'm a fairly risky person, okay? I'm, I'm happy to take risk. I'm comfortable taking risk, which maybe isn't the best thing as an investor, but in all aspects of life, not just um, investing. But I, I like risk. I enjoy it. And I think you probably do too from our conversations. <laughs> I wouldn't have you as a safe sort of person. <laughs> you know, it's funny, actually. I really, I am so, like, I really, I'd say stability is probably one of my highest values. And therefore, I'm actually, I'm really not a risk. Like, anything looks risky. It takes it takes a long time. Like, I agonise over those decisions. It's yeah, I know. Like you, um, yeah. So some of some of our um, exploits that we won't talk about right now, um, I probably create a very different um, impression. But yeah, I'm actually I'm really I'm really like everything go like I've got freaking spreadsheets for everything. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. That's a great little insight there for the listeners. That's it. <laughs> um, no, but that's very interesting. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say. No, you shot me. So, yeah, so you're, you're quite a risk taker. Yes, sorry, yes. So I am, and that maybe works against me a lot of the time, especially as a coach, because I can't instill that risk onto other people. I need people to act what's comfortable to them, um, which I'm happy I have a system because then it takes me out of it, essentially. But in the past, I've definitely put too much into certain things. Um, fortunately, I haven't been scorned too much. Um, but... That's not because I'm exceptionally good. It was just quite lucky at the time, I have to say. Um, but yeah, the the risk has worked against me a lot of the time. And I would say, I've logically, I would tell everyone, you actually don't need to take that much risk to do well in investing. Um, it's a bit of a sort of not glamorous message, I have to say. And people get swept away with trading and into trading because they see the guys with the Lambos, the you know, on holidays in the Maldives every week, that sort of stuff. In reality, that's the 0.001% of traders. And most likely, those guys aren't them anyway. They're making the money elsewhere, probably selling online courses or something, right? So that, that's the truth of it. But everyone gets sort of swept up in the glamour side. 
in reality, you can make a very, very decent amount of money, especially long term, with taking much smaller risk, but steady gains, um, which is much more I'm on now. Like I, I'm such an advocate of that because the thing about trading, like proper trading, like day trading, it's a win-lose game. Like you cannot avoid losses in trading because it is very much just try and get more wins and losses or make the wins bigger at least. Investing is not the same thing. You can go your whole career without having a losing investment. Okay. As long as you're patient and you've got a good strategy behind you, you can actually not lose. Now, this is quite an open thing to say now, but on, in my strategy, myself and my clients have not lost a single pound using this strategy to date. Right. Purely because, well, it's spread over a longer period of time. As I said, it's medium term investing. We're not sitting there for hours a day watching it go up and down. We're looking at like weeks to months into each thing. So that automatically lowers the risk massively. Also because it takes out the emotion as well, which is a big plus point. But it's just about as long as you're patient and you're strategic and you pick the right companies for a certain reason, which is what the criteria was, they're gonna go up if you can wait a couple of weeks, a couple of months, as long as they get there. I don't personally care how long it takes, right? If I get my 10, 15% profit, I know if I can make that time and time again for the rest of my life with the compound effect, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be laughing. Whereas if every day I'm like, oh my goodness, I've had loads of losses today, I better make up for that. So I've got to win loads and then oh, I better not lose more. That's that's the worst. That's where everybody loses money. So I don't know what your take is on that sort of stuff. So there was one point where it was um even after I like I say, sold the GameStop stuff and I, you know, took that out and had a nice weekend. Um, <laughs> um, and then so everything else, it, like, I, th- I think I was, I sort of basically like I doubled my money. Yeah. And I was like, look at this. Some of it was like massive. The increases were huge. And I was like, I really like I should sell them. I think I actually did it with Tesla. So it's when Tesla was having one of their peaks. I was like, right, sold it. And I think about two hours later, I bought back in again. Because it's like, shit, what if I can't repeat that? Do you know what I mean? So it was it was like, okay, I've like, you know, I probably love buying back in, I probably lost, you know, minimal. Because it had not changed that much from the the, the position it, it was when I sold it, but I um like I said, you know, it's like there's there's little peaks in things, and you think oh, I should do it, but then how do I repeat that? Because I didn't have a strategy. I just you know I don't know. We were watching. I was on the sofa. We were watching something on Netflix. My husband's probably saying something irritating. My kids are probably wanting something from me. I didn't want to give them. It was like I was just, you know, playing, playing, got lucky, you know, and so it's like actually, and now just, you know, where things are, there's like part of me like, God, if I just sold all that stuff now, I'd be quite happy. See, hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? (laughs) No, it is. But a great little tip um, for everyone here and yourself I say to people, because this happens time and time again, you get a winner and you're like, that company did great for me. I better get back in because that's a good company, right? I have a rule that as soon as you get out of something, you've sold it. In my mind, that's dead to me, right? That company's gone. Everything that's happened before is gone, right? And I treat that as a brand new opportunity. So I look at it with fresh eyes, 
look at it as if it was like a completely different company. I'm like, right, does it fit my criteria yet? No, it doesn't. Okay, cool. Because it's so easy to get like emotionally attached to winners and vice versa. Like a bad one that's sort of lost your money in the past, you're like, oh, terrible company. You might avoid it in the future when it's actually a really good opportunity. So yeah, clean slate every single time is a great, um, great practice to take on board. Some of the stuff I've been like, so some of the stuff I've got, like I said, just because of where we are right now, like some of the stuff has tanked, right? But then I'm like looking at it going, I know it's tanked. I know I'm like, you know, if, if like I'm at a loss with it now, I feel like I should be buying more. Even though it's like, it's counterintuitive. Yes. So my take on that, and you would have heard this, like fortunes are made in times of famine right so 2020 march 2020 obviously everyone knows had a bit of a issue going on in the world um all the markets crashed like considerably very very quickly it was like quite traumatic for a lot of people a lot of people may have lost money they're the times following that that are going to make it the most 2020 was my best ever investing year okay not because i'm a genius or anything like that it's purely because the opportunities were there because like you said, everything was down. The trick is picking the right company. So a, a mindset shift that this will be is if you're looking at, I'm just going to pick Google, for example. Everyone knows Google. If you're looking to buy Google and it was up all the way up there and then three days later it suddenly tanked 40% and you're like, oh, that's too much. That's a bit scary. Get out. Imagine that was something else. Imagine that was your favorite car, your favorite pair of shoes you wanted to buy when they were a £1,000 um, shoes, that is. Um, you're like, oh, thousand pound shoes. I'm saving up. I want to get them. And then the next day, they're now six hundred. You're like, oof. Oh, I'm gonna stay away from those. That's that's a too much. Of a job. You'd never do it, right? You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. With, stock, with stocks, it's like, oh no, wait, they're cheaper. They're on discount. Oh, I better stay away. Doesn't really make sense. As long as the company fits your criteria, the drop should be a bonus in my mind. Um, yeah, I think that's quite a hard thing for people to get their heads around. Yeah. So you've mentioned your criteria a few times, and I, I, I just want to address the fact that like, I, I would love to ask you about the criteria, but I'm very aware that that's essentially is part of the service, isn't it? It's part of what people are buying into when they like join you on your masterclass, become part of the trade tribe. So like, I'm not going to like say, like, give us all your secrets now. Um, but but that is like that is what you're offering, isn't it? Really, like uh, the understanding of that, the practical support on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, sort of my services or the process in general comes in two halves. One half is finding the companies, which is what we're talking about there, like the criteria. Does it meet this, 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 and this? I mean, if you look at just the US markets, there's like eight thousand five hundred something companies. You need a way to whittle that down a little bit, right? So that's what a criteria is for. But the other half of it is, all right, I've got that company. Now what? When do I invest? How much do I invest? If it drops, should I invest more? Or if it goes up, what do I do with that? Like, they're the decision. So I teach both halves of that. Um, and it is sort of a puzzle together. So, yeah, the criteria is great. Like, I'm super proud of it because it's like saved me a lot of time and made me a lot of money. So I like that, right? And it's helped a lot of people. However, that on its own would be kind of useless if you don't know what to do with the companies as well, which I think people don't quite realize. So a great example is, and I'm, you, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised I've been asked this a lot. Oh, what's a good company to invest in? Or, That's what I said to you. I didn't want to know that. I was like, can I, can I just like do a transfer every month? You just deal with it for me. You're like, no, Christina. <laughs> but honestly, it won't be a surprise. Everybody asks that. What's a good company to invest in? I mean, 
a, com- a good company to invest in will be dependent on what strategy you're using, right? Because two people like you and I could both buy, I'm going to say Google again as an easy example, we could both buy Google today. But in six months' time, our results are going to be different because it depends what we did with it. Like when did we sell? Or when did we get out? Or when didn't we sell? Like it depends what you're doing. So asking someone what's a good company to invest in is such an open question. Yeah, it's like a great example I use in my masterclasses, actually. I know you've mentioned them a few times. Um, I'll give the example. It's like someone saying to you, oh, what's a good football team? You know nothing about football. You're like, oh, what's a good football team? They tell you an answer and you go and place in a massive bet on them. But you wouldn't do that. Like no one would do that. But when it comes to companies, like, oh, well, it must be good. So I'm going to buy that. It just, it makes no sense to me. But, but you know, there are, a, I think there are a couple that like there was someone, someone else that I knew that one of my mentors at the time, actually, and they'd, made we'd been chatting they'd made a comment about having been bought into something and i was like here we go go get some of that that happens a lot it really does and i think a big perpetrator of this is like social media especially things like twitter or like the big facebook groups like there'll be some twitter influencers trader influencers on twitter that just post what stocks they're watching that week and there's people who just follow that as their own strategy they're just whatever they post i'm gonna buy that I was going to say, like in um, is it in eToro? There's I, I don't know what the word for it, but basically you can set up your account, so it's like you just follow that person's trades, and the system would just automatically copy what someone else is doing. Copy trading, yeah, exactly that. And that makes no sense to me. Why would you? Why would you? Like this is the control freak in me. This is the the person that wants the minimum risk. It's like that just seems madness. Yes. I always say nobody will care about your money as much as you will. So I'm a huge fan of like being learning to do it yourself. That's why I teach people to be self-sufficient. Like if something happened to me tomorrow, all my clients could still get by and make money with this, right? Because they know how to do it. I think that's so important. If you're relying on somebody to give you like top tips, yeah, it might work a few times, but one day they're going to get it very wrong. You're going to lose loads of money. They don't care, but you're not their problem, right? So you can't rely on people like that um but you'd be amazed at how many people do it's the easy way people see the easy way out but it's, it's not I guess, everyone yeah i guess everyone wants the easy way as well don't they they're the you know it's the what's the you know like social media what's the easy way to get to a million followers you know it, it's that it's the you know what what's the quickest way to lose weight it's you know what's the fastest way to make money it's that's what people want yes of course but it doesn't like probably the quickest way to make a million is to go to vegas put it all on black get it right you know 10 times in a row that that's probably the quickest way but also that's not going to happen to most people right so it's very interesting because everybody wants a quick obviously you and i someone said to you oh god easy way to do it great i'm all ears you've got to make that sort of decision in your head as the old adage is it too good to be true or you know and a lot of the time these things are too good to be true but there are also just easy opportunities as well that might not be as glamorous but still get the result you just got to be a little bit more patient or put in a little bit more work or whatever it may be i think it comes up a lot with passive income as i'm sure you see all the time like oh you can make money that all of them take work there's no such thing as purely passive income i believe right but some of them work some of them work definitely so, yeah. Have you ever come across someone where you basically said, look, this isn't for you? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I actually 
And I'll be honest, as I've got, I'm going to say, more experience as a coach, I've started saying it a lot more. Um, yeah, purely because I feel like I know a lot better now as to who just shouldn't be doing something like this. Now, it's the people who feel a lot of stress with monies involved, right? So if and it doesn't matter what you're talking, if you're talking 100, you're talking 1,000, 10,000, whatever it may be, they they want to put money in, but they're so resistant to it because they feel like so attached to it that if they lost 10 pounds, like $10, $15, they would feel pain. Like, and that, that's not right. So my a lot of people say, oh, how much money should I start with? That's a big question I get. I always say I've got two rules for it. It's got to be enough to keep you interested. Like you start with 100 quid, you're not going to be committed to making that grow. So, you know, it's got to be enough to keep you interested. Second rule, not so much that it keeps you up at night. It's the people whose second one is just so low that any amount would keep them up at night. I say to them, you probably don't need this stress in your life, right? You, you, you shouldn't be doing things that are actually hurting you in a sense of just, just to make a few extra quid. So the, I'm saying no to a lot of people. Like that. I say a lot of people. It's not that common. But if people do sort of show those things, I, I'm quick to say this might not be best for you. Or at least start on the demo account. Stay on there for a while. See how you feel you're leading to it with more confidence comes a bit more you know when you come more proficient at something you get a bit more confident which helps um but it's also the people i don't necessarily say don't do this but i tell them to reevaluate themselves and they're like i want to get rich overnight but i want to quit my job next week and it sounds extreme but the amount of people that have that image in their head because they saw it on instagram or they heard a story about some guy who you know had gamestop shares and made a million overnight right i, I have to i tell people like you're not in the right frame of mind coming into this. If you, if that's your attitude that I need to be rich by next week, it's not going to happen. Right? I mean, however many weeks the trading has been going in history, and that one week game stop good, great. What are the chances you're in that, right? Yeah, it was like forty-eight hours, wasn't it? Like yeah. it, it was, you know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And yeah, so they're the people, the two schools of people are. Maybe say, look, put a pause on this for now reevaluate or give them some sort of exercise to think through and then come back and see if this actually is for you because i think that's important you shouldn't you're not always ready to do everything yeah i think that's the thing i think that's been one of the um like i, I don't have any tension at all around like my relationship with the money i've got sitting in those accounts like i just don't have any emotional connection with that at all because i put it in with the attitude of I'd have lost it anyway. I think if I was looking at it every day, it would give me a lot more tension. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's very true there. Now, first of all, that's a great attitude to have. That's what I try to instill in everyone. Once my money, my personal money has gone into my account, for me, that money's got, it, it disappeared, it didn't exist. I haven't lost it, I haven't, whatever, it's just, it didn't exist. Now it's on the screen, that's points in a game. That's how I treat it. Because if you lose on a game, you know, you're not going to cry. If you win on a game, you're going to get a bit of a buzz, but you're also going to keep your head and continue. That's how it should be. See, I hate losing. I'm like, this is this is the thing. So I, I get it. But this this is where I feel like I need to do some work around my mindset on that. Because like I'd still, I'd be like, it'd be bugging me. Like I would really like not feel it, but it would just be that's where the addiction 
element, the addictive element of it kicks in. Because like, if you're winning, it's because you were right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I like to be right. Fair enough. I would, this comes back to the strategy, I would say, oh, my, my strategy was right or my strategy didn't work. It takes it away from me. I think that's a good detachment to make because, like you said, it's very easy to take take a lot of the credit when it goes right or blame everything else when it goes wrong. It's never you in the first place. That's a, that's a lot easier to stomach, I think. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, ben, I'm conscious of your time. I'm so grateful. This has been, like, just loads of fun. Um, like I, I love our conversations around this stuff, and you're so matter-of-fact with it all, and I think you 100% just take me and my crazy exactly how it is as well, so it works. Um, people listening to this that are, like, whether they've got themselves in a pickle the way that I have, whether it's something that they've wanted to do and just haven't known where to start, that kind of thing. Where are we going to direct them to? Where should they reach out to you? So top places for me are Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, my name is Ben Knight. You can search me. Obviously, you and I are friends on there, so we'll be a mutual friend maybe. Um, that's a great place. Or on Instagram, it would be Ben Knight Investments with an S on the end. A lot of fake accounts out there. So Ben Knight Investments, all one word. <laughs> um, but Facebook's probably the best place because I've got a lot of free material on there. Like I've got a free Facebook group with I think I've probably like 70 videos get people started, like something ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's probably the best place. Or just search the Trade Tribe on Facebook and you'll find us. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Ben, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for having me.